0: Good morning. It's so good to be in here with you all today. I get to be in here with you preaching. I'm so excited. All right, so in Kid City, as you probably guessed, we're learning about superhero faith. And so I'm going to kind of share with you some of the things we've been learning about in there and some of the things we will be learning about in there. Because we don't water things down back there. Our kids learn. Your kids learn. All about it in real terms. So um, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of share with you what we've been learning. I'm going to share with you a little bit too about, because our our BGMC um, country this month is Israel. Um, And so I'm going to be sharing with you a little bit about that as well um, as it relates to the scripture. Because it's scriptural, right? So what I want to do, what I want to start with is our origin story. Okay, so for those of you who love superheroes, I love superheroes, I know all about superheroes, I know the universes, I know the, the whatever, I know the people, I know the where they came from, I know who got bit by a spider, all of that stuff. So <laughs> I don't like spiders, y'all. Um, so every good superhero has an origin story, right? And so what I want you to think about, I want you to, to really kind of think, and we did this with the kids too, I want you to think about your origin story as a Christian, as a believer. And this is a little different than your testimony, perhaps. I want you to think about things. I don't, doesn't necessarily need to know where you were born. I don't, you know, born again, yes. But your origin story, where did your faith walk begin? So I want you to kind of travel back with me, okay? And journey with me on your own story who witnessed to you who witnessed to you who told you about this jesus and you were like hmm okay maybe and then what when were you saved where where did it happen was it in your bedroom was it at a church was it someplace else where What happened? What were you thinking? What did it feel like? Right? What was going on in your life that made that so monumental? So where, what was that like? Were you water baptized? And what was that like? What story did you tell? Did people notice? Were people like, all right, cool. They're getting water baptized. All right. What was that like? How old were you? Who was in the water with you? Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Where were you? Was it an altar? Was it not? Was it in your car? Where was it? What led up to that? What was that like? What did it feel like? Then, remember those first days when you were, you know, you're born again and you're excited and it's new and you're, like, learning and you're trying to figure out, okay, like, okay, what does this mean for me? I was doing that. Now should I be doing that? And maybe I can or maybe not. You know, what? remember that? Who did you talk to? Who mentored you? Who discipled you? Who was there for you? What was that like? And um, And then do you remember maybe God calling you into something? Maybe God calling you out of something. Maybe calling you up higher. Now, don't get me wrong. This all still has to be going on. All that growth has to be going on. But I think it's important that we remember where we came from, what those times were like and how we felt. That's very important. For me, it was here in this church. My origin story includes this church. It includes some of you who are still here. Some looking around. And that's so cool. Doesn't always happen that way, I know. Brad and I were married up here on this platform almost 30 years ago. I know, that's a long time. (laughs) We were like five. Um, So. (laughs) Um, we're going to talk, so I want you to continue to think about that even as you leave, your your story, where you came from as a Christian. Um, so we, there. there's a point, we're going to learn about Moses right now, we're going to talk about Moses and his story, where he came from. Um, so Moses is, his story is a fantastic story of God's sovereignty, right? So I love, every time I read a, something else again, I get all excited all over again. I love the word of God. I love it. There's. Every time you read it, there's a new layer. So keep digging in um, because it's all, always new. <laughs> so Moses, um, there was, okay, so Pharaoh, I'm going to give you the back story. There was a new Pharaoh. I call him the new Pharaoh because Joseph did not know this Pharaoh, the Bible says. So he wasn't someone Joseph knew. He didn't have, Joseph didn't have his ear. So it was a new Pharaoh, and he, didn't, he was getting a little afraid of those Israelites. They were growing. They were growing in number, and he was like, oh, this could be bad. They could take over. I don't like this. So what did he do? He made them slaves. He enacted something where uh, midwives—he asked midwives who were delivering Hebrew babies, and if it was a son, to kill them. Yikes! Now those those Hebrew midwives, how heroic! They didn't do it. They didn't listen, and God blessed them for it. But they said, "Ha uh-uh. ha! I'm gonna obey. My God's bigger." My God's bigger. I need to obey him, not Pharaoh. There's a word. So <laughs> that was free. <laughs> all right. So that, that was the plan. And so that didn't work, right? And so Pharaoh said, listen, all the Hebrew sons go in the Nile. So he told his people that. So they were, they were not in a good place. And so I'm going to go ahead and now start reading from Exodus 2. Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman the woman conceived and bore son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. When she could hide him no longer, she took, him for a, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. She put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the riverbank, and his sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. Now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her young women walked beside the river. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her servant woman, and she took it. When she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby was crying. What? The baby was crying. She took pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew's children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, remember the sister, Um, the sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, "Um, shall I go and call a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you, and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, "Go." So the girl went and called the child's mother, and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, "Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages." So the woman took the child and nursed him. When he grew, when the child grew older, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. She named him Moses because she said, "I drew him from the water." There's so much, right? Remember all those people I asked you about in your origin story? Well there are people here, right? There's, there's his, his sister who said to thought fast and said, hey, do you want me to go call someone so she can nurse the baby? Good for you. Yes, I think that would be a great idea. There are people in our stories that have an impact on our lives. God uses them, right? So what I love to think about is as this little basket was wandering down the Nile River, just wandering down, I think his hand was right on that basket. He was making sure that it made its way down there at just the right time, that it got stuck in just the right bulrushes for just the right people to see it at just the right moment. She was going to bathe in the wash. She did it every day probably. And God made sure that baby was there so that he could then use that baby to free his people. This is epic, right? And so are our origin stories. So are ours. So um, Moses was an Israelite. He was raised in Pharaoh's household. Um, He was raised in his enemy's household. And then God... God. used him to come back, I just love this, and free his people. Guys, that, no one but God does that. None of this happens just because. It happens because God had a plan for Moses before Moses was even born. He said, I'm going to use Moses for this because Moses is the guy for this job. Moses did not think he was the guy for this job. Moses is like, no, I don't think that's such a great idea. Like cause like I stutter and I don't really want to talk and I don't think it's me. But God didn't listen. Not only that, imagine, imagine that. Not only that, um, um lost my train of thought. So God didn't listen, but not only that, God um I gotta look at my notes. <laughs> Moses was flawed. <laughs> That's what I was going for. Moses was flawed. So many times we look back at our stories and we think, oh, but I did that thing. Or I felt, oh, I don't know, I wasn't a good person. I'm not a good person now, right? We, we struggle with that sometimes. Listen, all my JBQ kids, what did Moses do? He killed an Israel, uh, Egyptian from his treating an Israelite. He committed murder. He hid it, and then he took off. Moses wasn't always the honorable guy that we think of him as, perhaps. Moses did some things that were not good. But that's okay. God doesn't want perfect. He wants willing. He wants us to say, okay, all right, eventually. I mean, sometimes we struggle, right, like Moses did. I did. For many things in my life that I felt God called me for, I was like, I think you must have the wrong Angie. (laughs) There's (laughs) got to be another Angie. Like, I remember him calling me to go on missions trips, and I'm thinking, no, it's not the right time. I don't have all my stuff. I don't have the money. You can come up with all these things. And he's like, no, 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 It's you. You're, You're the right one. So our origin stories, very important. God's sovereign. He's got you. Allow him to use you. Just be willing. All right, so next, the mission. Okay, so we have every, if you watch superhero movies, and my goodness, I hope you do. If you watch superhero movies, every superhero movies, there's a mission. And it's usually something like this. Pastor Grace, I'm sorry you don't watch superhero movies. (laughs) So there is a mission. And it's usually something like this. There's good people. There's evil. We have to stop the evil. And we work together to do it pretty much the premise of all the superhero movies, right? That's why I love them though, okay? So there's a mission, we have a mission. And so I'm gonna go ahead and ask y'all to play the clip.
1: (laughs) I definitely did not apply for your grant. Uh uh
2: me first. Okay. Quick question of the rhetorical variety. That's you, right? Um, no, what do you, what do you, yeah? Mean? Look at you go. Wow, oh, nice catch, three thousand pounds, forty miles an hour. It's not easy. You Got mad skills.
1: That's all, uh, that's all on YouTube, though, right? I mean, that's what you found there. Because, you know, that's all fake. It's all done on the computer. I, mm-hmm. uh, it's like that video. Uh, what
2: yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean like those UFOs over Phoenix? What have we? Ah,
1: it's uh,
2: So, you're the spiderling. Crime fighting spider. You're spider boy? Spider Man. Not in that onesie or not.
1: It's not a onesie. Can't believe this, I was actually having a really good day today, you know, Mr. Stark. Didn't miss my train. This perfectly good DVD player was just sitting there and algebra test. Nailed it.
2: Who else knows? Anybody? Nobody. Not even your unusually attractive aunt?
1: No. No, 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 If she knew, she would freak out. And, yeah. and when she freaks out, I freak out. And- you
2: know what I think is really cool? This webbing. <sighs> that tensile cool. strength is off the charts. Who manufactured that? I did. Climbing the walls? How are you doing that? Adhesive gloves? It's a, a long story.
1: I was- Lordy.
2: On- can you even see in these? Yes,
1: yes, I can't, oh, look, oh. I can't. I can I not see in those, okay? It's just that when whatever happened happened, it's like my senses have been dialed to 11. There's there's way too much input, so they, they just kind of help me focus.
2: You're in dire need of an upgrade. Systemic, top to bottom. 100-point restoration, that's why I'm here. Why are you doing this? I gotta know, what's your M.O.? What gets you out of that twin bed in the morning?
1: Because because I've been me my whole life and I've had these powers for six months. Mm -hmm. I read books, I build computers. And, and yeah, I would love to play football, but I I couldn't then, so I shouldn't now.
2: Sure, because you're
1: different. Exactly. But I can't tell anybody that, so I'm not. Look, when you can do the things that I can, but you don't, And then the bad things happen. They happen because of you.
0: All right. So that, we can go ahead and stop that. So that is what I wanted you to hear. That particular, that little bitty thing, let me repeat it. When you can do the things that I can, but you don't, and the bad things happen, they happen because of you. I realize he's a superhero. It's a superhero theme. That's why I did it. But don't worry. I have scripture to to relate this, so how about um, James 4:17, which says, "So whoever knows the right thing to do, and fails to do it, for him it is sin." So we have a mission. I know. Ooh. <laughs> yes, we have a mission. We have a mission. And if we know it and we don't do it, it is sin. When the when the bad things happen, and they do, we have to be the hope. For people, we have the hope. We have to share the hope. So I don't know if you know, but right now the world is a little crazy, right? I really believe people have a little bit, a little crazy. I thought you were saying I was talking to lot. I was like, I never talked to that. So yes, the world has lost its mind. Honestly, I. I've made a grievous error of becoming a member of a couple of like neighborhood groups on Facebook. (sighs) I promise it was just to find out about like yard sales and (laughs) when are the fireworks happening. But y'all, someone posted a job offer and like everyone lost their minds. It became World War III. Someone loses a cat. And asks for help, and it's suddenly like the end of the world, and people fight, and there's disunity, and it's just crazy. The world needs you and I to show them the hope more than ever. And guys, it's only going to get worse. However bad, (laughs) Brad reminded me of this just yesterday. Whatever it is now, it's only getting worse. It's not getting better. We have a job to do. We have a mission, and if we don't do it, it's sin. The Bible said that. All right, so <laughs> Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8 says this And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for me? And then I said, Here am I. Send me. We all have our areas, we all have our universes, we all have our people. We have our people that perhaps drive us a little. Drive us a little crazy, right? Doesn't matter. It doesn't say there are exceptions. It just says, go. And we say, okay, here I am. I will go, right? Psalm 33:2 Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart is glad in him, because we trust in his holy name. Here's the part. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. We hope in him. We have to share that hope. That's our job. So I'm going to go a little bit quicker. Joshua, and the Battle of Jericho, you all know what happens, right? Like they blow the shofars and the walls crumble. The walls fall down, as Anna said. So they had to obey, though. There were very specific instructions. And at one point, um, here it is, you shall not shout or make your voice heard, neither shall any word go out of your mouth until the day I tell you to shout. Then you shall shout. Sorry, for some of us, this is going to be a little harder than others. (laughs) Guys, they couldn't talk. That's hard. When I was sharing this story in Kid City, of course, kids are kids. But we are, we are also kids at heart. And so I was like, guys, they couldn't talk. Y'all can't sit still for 60 seconds and not talk. Could you imagine doing that and not saying a word until he says to shout? Can you imagine? So there was obedience in Jericho, right? They couldn't talk. They had to do certain things. They had to march around that thing so many times. They had to wait to blow those, that shofar. And... Here's, do you think perhaps they thought maybe that was a little odd? Because, I mean, I probably would, right? We forget that sometimes. We think, oh, they just, that was probably normal. <laughs> I, I doubt it. You march this day six. You march this. You don't talk. You blow those. When I tell you, but don't. Y'all, yeah, that was not. That was hard. That was nuts. But they did it. And look what happened. The walls fell. So then... The other thing I want to talk about related to that is the ark went ahead of them. The presence of God went before them. So where is his presence in our lives? Is it, I don't know, do you know where it is? Is it locked up somewhere? Where is his presence in our lives? And I'm talking to myself too. Where is it at? Not only did it go before them, but they had guards. They guarded that presence. They had guards before. They had guards behind. They weren't playing around. The presence of God. We have to guard it. We have to guard it. We have to covet it. We have to protect it. And are we? Are we diluting it? What does it look like in our homes? Again, I'm talking to myself here too. I go through these same things. Um, so it was protected. Um, it was there. Psalm 145, 18 <clears throat> says this. So I want to back up just a minute so I can make this point. We have to purpose and be intentional to be in his presence. Sometimes we get used to it and we're like, oh, well, I'm just gonna, God's with me. Well, of course he is. But you have to purpose to listen to his voice to be in his presence you can turn on look we have worship music playing a lot but sometimes god forbid it can become background noise are you listening are you allowing yourself to be drawn in by those words the word the word <laughs> the song pastor grace sang earlier about the about jesus i mean i'd literally just been thinking all we have to do is say his name How much power is in his name alone? Are we reminding ourselves that? Are we purposing and being intentional to be in his presence? And are we guarding it? Are we making sure nothing comes in that shouldn't come in? So we don't need it diluted. All right, so um, I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anything because I also don't. All right, so they blow the shofars the walls fall. Do you think it was the blast? Don't you don't have to answer this. That could get awkward. But do you think it was the blast itself? So, I think it was the obedience. It was the presence. It was them doing what they were supposed to do and allowing God's presence to be a priority. I think God, I was with a young person yesterday who asked me, Pastor Angie, do you know that God can knock down a house and he can just go, psh, and it's done? I, pretty, I may have the sound wrong, but it was pretty similar. And I said, I do, I do. And God can do that. God could have went, to Jericho's walls, right? And they would, have, they would have fallen. But no, he uses us. He uses imperfect people. And he used them. Imagine what those those guys learned about obedience and his presence. He uses us to do these, these crazy things. So next, we're going to talk about our secret fortress. And this is one of the things I really, its be everyone has a secret fortress, OK? They just do. Superman's is in the cold. I would never be in the cold. It would have to be someplace very warm, a tropical island, beaches, all that kind of thing. But, because <laughs> I'm always cold, but well, we need that secret fortress. I'm going to read the scripture. Um, let me find it. Well, let's do this. We need rest, okay? So Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to make this point real fast. And then I'll move on. Sometimes we blame our walk, our walk, our, I'll say that, on us being busy and overwhelmed and well, I have to do this and I have to be there and I got to do that. And listen, it says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Guess what we're doing when we say that, that we are getting in the way. We are complicating things. It's not Jesus. Jesus did not call us to be super Christians and be burnt out. That is not what he said. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So let's put the blame where it belongs, on us. And we all do it. I do it. We have to be aware of what we're doing. The world is watching. The world is watching. <clears throat> so this, this, this rest isn't passive. Proverbs 18 said, I love this, I love this scripture. Proverbs 18.10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. We're not walking. We're not chilling. We're running. We're running because he is our strong tower and that's where we need to rest. Nothing else will work. Nothing else will matter. It's false. It's false. But he is not. Psalm 91. Again, I love this. I know I say this all the time, but it's true. Did I mention I love the word of God? He who dwells. Listen to all that action. Who who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence he will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge can you picture that because y'all i work a job from 9 to 2 and it's <laughs> it can be a little little stuff a little little something and sometimes i just need to take a second and i need i literally sit and i think of this this is one of my favorite things to visualize and I visualize him just covering me with his wings. Just me and him. Nobody else. And you know, you can have that kind of rest anywhere in your car. You can have that kind of rest in a crowd of people. he He's, he's everywhere. All we have to do is run to him. Abide. Dwell. Right now in the Jewish faith, religion is a holiday called Sukkot, and they literally build dwellings, or the word sukkah actually means booth. I always forget booth in Hebrew. So they dwell. They eat there. Many times they sleep there. They dwell. We get that everywhere. We get that anytime we want. We literally dwell in him if we do it. We have access. All we got to do is do it. That's it. That's all we got to do So that's our secret fortress. Our rest is in him. The prayer shawl I mentioned earlier, you know, I asked my rabbi friend who I work with, and he explained to me that when he uses his prayer shawl, it's very intimate, and he wraps it around, and he thinks of um, God's light, and it's just him and God. And he shared that. I thought that was very precious. And um, (laughs) there's not always things that we... (laughs) can relate with each other on. Um, he's a precious man, but um, he, he is a, a reformed rabbi, and then I am me. <laughs> so there are not a lot of things that we can actually relate to, but that I did. It's similar to me to what we maybe experienced at the altar, when it's just us and God, and we're laying on the floor, we got, that, we got our modesty clause on, we're like, all right, Lord, do your thing. Holy Spirit, it's all you. You know, we have access to that all the time, and it's very real and revelatory. Very real and revelatory. He reveals things to us when we're resting in him that we can't hear if too much noise is happening. Um, You have to, I wanted to hit on this too. You have to make your home, now more than ever, a secret fortress. Right? When I was talking about earlier about diluting things, don't let things pass your door that will dilute his presence in your home now more than ever. Listen, you don't need to watch CNN or Fox or anyone else. Y'all, you're going to hear about it. Join a neighborhood group. Trust me, you'll hear about it. You need to simply dwell. Make your house a place where his presence dwells. Don't let it get diluted. I cannot. Your kids are watching. The world is watching. We have to be different and we can't be different if we're arguing about it like everyone else. It just isn't that big of a deal. He is. He's the thing that's never gonna he's the one who's never gonna change. All this nonsense we're going through in four years, it's not gonna be the same. So yeah, okay. I'll move on. Kind of. So let me let me share this. Deuteronomy. Here, oh is, is Deuteronomy six, four through nine. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words shall I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand they shall be written as a front lip between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your home. Nothing should get by that. Again, in Israel, speaking of Israel, there's a mezuzah that many households put on their doorways. I love that actually because it's a, it's a physical thing. They view that as okay, the world's out there, we're in here. It stops, right? Pretty cool. Take a pencil. Write it on your doorway. Write your favorite scripture, if you're allowed. Just same. <laughs> Don't blame me if your rent and your landlord gets angry with you. <laughs> All right. So here's the thing: as me, as for me and my house in Joshua 24:15, we will serve the Lord. Listen. Bottom line: whatever's happening, we will serve the Lord. Whatever CNN is saying, we will serve the Lord. Whatever Facebook says, we will serve the Lord. Whatever Twitter says, we will serve the Lord. Whatever our crazy friends say, we will serve the Lord. Period. No excuses. That's it. No loopholes. I work with kids. Kids always find loopholes, guys. (sighs) I had to explain the rules for superhero month a gazillion times and then think to myself, what did I miss? And I did. They're like, well, what about this? No, no, your sister does not count as a guest. <laughs> so listen, we must serve the Lord, us and our households. We're in charge of it. Nobody else. We can't, can't pass the buck. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> ah, that's an inside joke I'm not going to get into. All right, so every good superhero always also has what? Superpowers or something to that effect. You know, I I know Batman doesn't have superpowers. Calm down. But he's a super cool guy, right? So I know I'm a superheroes, guys. Just saying. But we we have actual superpowers, right? We have God. God stopped the sun. He took the walls of Jericho's down. He parted the Red Sea. He stopped the Jordan River at flood stage. He heals. He saves. He redeems. He came back from the dead. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but that's our God. And that's who we have to share. That's who we have to share. The answer for this crazy world is him. So who else? We have the Holy Ghost. Come on, it's literally power, right? We got to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. We got to be bold for our faith, our kids as well. Listen, our kids, if they go to public school, y'all, it's crazy. It's crazy. I know I keep saying that, but it's, it's like that every year, everywhere, everywhere. So it's everyone, everyone. It says my household. Let's not water it down for our kids, you know? That would be a disservice because they go through the same things that we do. And we would not be then equipping them to do what they should be able to do. So, I'm going to, my last thing. And as I've mentioned, the world is a little crazy. (laughs) Unity. Unity is our superpower. What I mean is the body of Christ, the church, has to be unified. We can't have infighting. If I went through and, and whatever, asked you, I'm not, believe me, but asked you opinions on things, there's, there's going to be differences. Even in this room, that's okay. That's all right. We are still, we should still be unified. I count myself blessed to be part of a church like y'all who are unified. We have to share that with the world. So, unity. Matthew... Um, well, in John, it says this. Let me, let me just do this. By John 13, 35 says this. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The world is watching. They're watching us, the church, and we have to love each other. We have to be different. We can't let anything divide us. We have to be unified. That is our superpower, among other things. Unity is powerful. Look what it did at Jericho. It's powerful. Powerful. So the, there's a Greek word I just learned about. I'm taking the Acts class, and I probably I don't know if I can say it right, but it's called homo thumadon. Um So it's, it's in Acts a lot, and it's composed of two words. I want to explain this, and I'm going to be ending. Rush along and in unison. And at first, it kind of sounds um, contradictory, right? But pictures in a musical range, a number of notes are sounded, I love this, which, are, which while different, harmonize in pitch and tone as the instruments of a great concert under the direction of a concert master. So the Holy Spirit blends together the lives of the members of Christ's church. It is one accord, one mind, going forward as one body, being united for one purpose. We have one mission, to share his hope with the world who desperately needs it. That's our mission. That's what we have to do. We can do this, right? We can be of one accord. We can do this. They did it for Jericho. We can do it. Um, so... I'm going to close with a couple of quotes. One is from Stanley Horton, and it says this. The Holy Spirit broke, it's talking about the early church. The Holy Spirit broke down barriers as the church prayed together, worked together, evangelized together, suffered together. Stanley Horton. All of those things make us one body. Those things unite us. Not the things going on in the world that will never unite us. His work unites us. Charles Spurgeon says this, if our enemies are to be, I love this, if our enemies are to be put to confusion, it must be by the united efforts of all the people of God. Unity is strength, right? Right? That's our superpower. That's our superpower. So I want to ask you a question, and that is this. Just, I like questions, too. Questions are powerful. So I want you to think, and I just want you to, even as you leave here, to kind of go forward with this question lingering, and that is this. What is one thing, one thing you can do differently that would change things for the kingdom? doesn't have to be a 1,000 things or 20 things or zero things. One thing that you can leave here today, go out there tomorrow, and do that would change things for the kingdom. We can all do things differently, every one of us. So what is it for you? All right. So now I'm kind of going to put this into practice a bit. I would love for everyone to kind of stand up. And I want you to join hands, if you're comfortable, with the people near you. And we're just going to pray. We're not going to belabor. We're not going to make this into something hard because, guys, it isn't. It isn't, right? We're supposed to be together as people of, of, of his church. We pray. We suffer together. We rejoice together. And so we're just going to I'm just going to close in prayer while we're all unit, unified hands held. And if you have a, a something that you need to bring before the Lord tell the person next to you. Maybe ask him, "Lord, where do you what do you want me to do as I leave from here?" Maybe you don't know him. Maybe maybe you're like, I don't know this Jesus." Maybe your origin story starts today. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I need you in my life. Tell someone next to you and they'll walk you through it. Find me and I'll walk you through it. But don't let the moment pass. (laughs) So let's pray. Pray for one another. Father God, Lord, I just thank you. Lord, I thank you for who you are. I thank you, Lord, that as we read about these true God stories in the Bible of the, the splitting of the seas and the knocking down of the walls, you're the same God today, Lord. You can knock down the walls in our lives. You can redeem. You can heal. Father God, You we get our power from you. You, Lord, are our superpower. Lord, help us to leave here unified. Help us to leave here Remembering where we came from, Lord, growing. Father God, help us to be different. The world is watching. Father God, we need to give you our hope to others. Lord, I thank you for every person, every household. I lift up every need that is represented, Father God, every need. And as we are unified right now, Lord, I just pray that you, the God of miracles, do miracles. Father God, I pray that you heal, uh, provide, give wisdom. Knock down those walls, Lord, and part those seas. You are all we need. You are all we need. May we protect your presence in our lives, Father God. May we cherish it. May we guard it. And may we rest in you. May we rest in you. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. We pray every word of this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen.